When our best fur friends leave our world, many of us are left wanting one last scritch, one last hug, one last walk together. One Last Network is a space for pet guardians to honor their pets in their senior years and to cope with the days leading up to and after their passing. Here's your host, Angela Schneider, founder of One Last Network and Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington. Welcome back to One Last Network. Thanks for listening. If you hear me sniffling, it's because I tested positive for COVID last night. I can't believe I made it almost three years without contracting it. I'm super excited to share this episode with you. We've gathered together some of the top professional pet photographers in the United States to talk about end-of-life pet photography sessions. Everyone you hear today is a founding or platinum member of One Last Network. They are, or will be soon, trained to support their clients better in the anticipatory grief stages of their pets' lives. I have with me today Darlene Woodward of Panthetown Photography in Massachusetts, Jess Wasick of Bark and Gold Photography in Pittsburgh, Kylie Doyle of Kylie Doyle Photography in Sacramento, Nancy Kiefer of Nancy Kiefer Photography in Syracuse, New York, Lynn Sennert of Lance and Lily Pet Photography in Ashburn, Virginia, and Nicole Rustic of Portraits by Nicole in Las Vegas. And of course, I'm Angela Schneider of Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington. Hello, and welcome to the first Pet Photographers Roundtable for One Last Network. I am your host, Angela Schneider. I operate Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington, where all of life is an adventure and every adventure is made better by the presence of four paws next to you. Let's go around the room and um, introduce everybody. Jess, let's start with you. I'm Jess Wasik, and I'm the owner of Bark and Gold Photography based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I celebrate the joy and love between Pittsburgh pets and their people. Awesome. Darlene. Good morning. I'm Darlene Woodward, owner of Panther Town Photography. I am located out of Massachusetts, Maine, and New Hampshire. I photograph pets and their families throughout the beautiful seasons of New England. Nancy. Hi, I'm Nancy Kiefer from Nancy Kiefer Photography. I'm based in Syracuse, New York, and I celebrate pets and their people and uh, anything that makes you feel good with your pet. Awesome. Kylie. Hi, I'm Kylie, the owner of Kylie Doyle Photography out of Northern California. I capture pet parents and their fur babies from Sacramento to Tahoe. And I especially love capturing those fur babies who are a little bit more reactive or sensitive. Awesome. And Lynn. Hi, Lynn. How are you? Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Um, little, little late. It's been a hectic morning already. But um, I am Lynn Sainert with Lance and Lily Pet Photography and uh, based in Northern Virginia outside of Washington, D.C. And I specialize in mostly senior dogs and um, end of life sessions. And welcome to the room, Nicole. We're doing quick little introductions of ourselves. Do you want to pop on and tell us who you are and where you are? Um, I'm Nicole in Las Vegas, Nevada. And um, well, that's about that's all I can come up with at seven in the morning. <laughs> I I um, you know, I'm Las Vegas, Nevada, dog photographer. My dogs are going crazy and I do a lot of end of life sessions. Um, I have a lot of seniors. I should be doing my own end of life sessions. <laughs> so, that's about it. I'm going to hit mute. So you guys don't have to listen to this chaos. <laughs> don't even hear anything. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to um, have a very informal discussion with some questions that I have planned around end of life pet photography. And um, once I ask the question, um, 
you know, I might offer the, the, my answer first, and then um, anybody can just um, speak up when they want to, if they have um, something to share. Um, so let's get started with what does offering these sessions mean to you? And for me, it's very much, as I'm sure is um, consistent throughout a lot of people in our business. I lost my own dog at 2014. In 2014, we had been together for 10 years and he was my soulmate. And, um, you know, the, when I, when he died, I realized I didn't have any really good pictures other than stupid cell phone selfies of us together. And, uh, you know, I look back at those selfies now and they're so precious and so important to me, but at the same time to have known someone like me in 2014, um, would have been such a gift. And so for me to be able to offer these sessions to people whose, whose dogs are in their senior years or, or coming to the end of their days with us is, um, just such an important part of my business. Oh, don't raise your hand. Just go. <laughs> I'll go ahead. So these, these senior sessions end of life sessions have always been important for me ever since six years ago when I started my business in pet photography, but even more so since I lost my soul dog Coda in August and I'll try not to get upset, but, um, the main thing is I remember the day after Coda passed away, I wasn't sure how I would handle pictures on the wall or seeing her all over the house and how I would react. But in reality, what I ended up doing was I went to my old desktop computer, opened up the hard drive, and I went through every single picture I ever took of Coda over the last number of years. And I started printing even more and more images. I wanted everything up on the wall. I wanted everything in an album, everything where I could look at it every day. And that was the moment where I said to myself, you know what, you are doing exactly what you need to be doing and where you are with this whole pet photography and working with the elderly dogs headed towards the end of life session. So it was really eye-opening for me. Did you get a session done before Coda left? It's interesting. I did not. And reason being, my Coda is extremely dog reactive and I'm big on safety. And I wanted to find a pet photographer kind of like me in a selfish way. But what we ended up doing is my husband and I, the night before we took Coda out in the backyard, which is her favorite place. I gave him the camera, I set it up, and we did take some beautiful photos, and she did really well. She had a great last best day. Good. Anyone else want to pipe up? I will. Uh, Nancy. Uh, I, uh, I really was photographing a lot of landscapes uh, when I came back to photography, and it was losing my dog that uh, made me want to shoot more uh, animals and photograph more animals, I'll say, instead of shoot them. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, because I, I looked at when I lost Midnight, I lost him to lymphoma and he was only four years old. Uh, in fact, he wasn't four even when we found out, but uh, he, so he just made his fourth birthday and uh and I look back and again, I, I saw lots of pictures of him, but very few with, with the two of us in them. So uh, that's what brought me to it. And, and so they're very special looking back at just a couple pictures I have with him. Uh, but uh, I wish I had more. Huh. Yeah, we just did um, a family, another family session this year. Um, we had the four of us, we had our pictures done three years ago and we just did another one this year because both of my dogs are getting older and um, especially Lance, he's now having some more health issues and we're hoping everything is okay, going to be okay, but um, you just never know. And so I'm like, you know, I, I had written a post about it. I'm like, you know, I am like the heaviest I've ever been. I'm like very self-conscious right now, but 
for me, having those photos is more important than how I look because it's like I have tons of photos that I've taken, you know, with my um, cell phone with my husband, but there aren't very many photos with me and the dog. So I wanted to make sure we got those. And it, it, like I said, it doesn't matter how I look, but I, I just, I just want those photos. And especially now that, you know, Lance is, I mean, we're hoping it's minor, but you just, you just never know with dogs. So those were important to us. <laughs> yeah, I'll echo what Darlene and Nancy and Lynn has said. And what I hear from my clients is very much the same thing that these images that they have afterward just provide so much comfort. And yes, they have all the iPhone photos in the world of them, but they don't always have ones where they're in those photos. And I'm finding that with these sessions, especially they're looking for those images. They want that relationship captured. They want to be in there and be celebrated alongside their dog. So, you know, I entered into this never dreaming that really end of life sessions would be such a big component of my business. You think happy puppies and running in action, but a lot of it is just capturing those more intimate moments and giving people something that they're going to cherish forever beyond those puppy years and those sweet senior years and just giving them a place to be themselves and be real and be seen how they love and know their dog best. There's uh there's a lot of things I didn't know I was getting into when I started a business on, you know, <laughs> there, there, there's, yeah, we never, we never know <laughs> those fun things. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest adjustment was understanding that people needed these sessions. Um, because I was into it for, the happy puppies and the, and the long walks in the park. And, but then I realized, you know, something clicked in me and I was like, Oh, that's important. This is important. This was important to you. And now, you know, it just, it all starts coming clear. Um, so, um, what has it been like to create these memories for your clients? Um, you know, kind of feedback do you get from your clients after having done these sessions for them? I want to say it's nowhere near as morbid and sad as people assume. A lot of people don't book this because they say, I don't think I can get through it without crying. And I don't know how you do it without crying and just feeling just torn apart at these stories. And there's tears from clients. Um, sometimes they're sad tears. Sometimes they're really happy tears. There are tears of gratefulness. Um, but I think just to remember that it's okay that it feels a little uncertain and you don't know how to feel as a client, but it's not morbid. There's still ways to celebrate this love and give them something happy, even in a time when you're not supposed to be happy. Yeah, I want to echo Jessica. I mean, these sessions, they're beautiful. You know, there's definitely times in them where things get emotional you know, and we have to talk about, you know, some of those hard things. But at the same time, like we are celebrating, you know, this dog's life, and we're celebrating the connection that they have with their people. And we're creating these images that they can hold on to forever, and they can remember those happy memories. You know, and every time I do one of these sessions, we always talk about, you know, what are your favorite things that you've done with your dog? What are your favorite memories? You know, so that when they look back on these pictures, they're not sad pictures, they're happy pictures, because it was a really special day that they had. So how do you guys tailor your sessions to a client's needs when a dog is older or ill? You know, for myself, I advertise myself as an adventure dog photographer. So, you know, I like to be out hiking in the hills or, you know, doing cool things at the lake with, um, with my younger, healthier clients, but certainly I make adjustments for my older or ill clients by, you know, having a selection of local parks and just, you know, taking it easy. And, but it, you know, at the same time, one of the things we have to remember is just because these dogs are older or ill doesn't mean they're necessarily immobile too, right? Like I've gotten to some senior sessions and the dog is like, hey! <laughs> Well, I know for me, I have really um, worked on tailoring my website specifically so that it is more senior and, um, 
you know, also, you know, reactive dog friendly. And so you'll see like the pictures, like the first couple of pictures on my website are specifically senior dogs. And I also have what's called legacy sessions and that's specifically tailored for those um, types of sessions. And um, like this year alone, I think almost a hundred percent of the inquiries I got were specifically for senior and end of life sessions. So, you know, yeah, so, so the tailoring is, is working and, and, um, and I've been working with another photographer and I'm like, you know, you can do the action shots. You can do all that. I, I just, just give me a, I'm just give me like the nice little dog that, you know, that just kind of stays and, and doesn't need to move around though. I, I did have a 19 year old Chihuahua the other week and, um, you know, I was told, oh no, she's really laid back and she doesn't want to do very much. <laughs> Total lie. Total lie. <laughs> but it, it was, it was, it was, it was fine. And, and, and um, you know, yeah. So she, she's, yeah, she's had that, the dog since she was, in grade school, grade school or something. So yeah, she's had him, had him since he was a puppy and now is 19. So you're just, you know, you're just thankful that you can um, be there to help, you know, those clients capture those, those memories. So do you have certain locations in mind for, um, for your senior or terminally ill dogs or pets um, that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily take a, a younger, healthier dog to? Not, well, I, I guess it's, there are a couple of places I usually go to that I can tailor a little bit more. I'm, I I generally will walk around like the park more, but for seniors, not so much. Mm -hmm. And also um, I ask my clients, you know, if they have special places. So, mm -hmm. and those sessions we also tend to do a lot more backyards or places closer to them that have more special meaning um and so yeah like you know some some of those like you know, you're not always able to scout out beforehand and you're like those google photos were a lie but you make it work and and i know my clients are you know they're very happy for the images they they have primarily we have to be concerned with the pets comfort yes right i think it's important to remember as well that not so much to treat them how we want to be treated but to treat them how they want to be treated and for some people that might be a backyard session where the setting is less than ideal and we don't have great light and it's not going to be so much about this beautiful scenic photo but about capturing that connection in those quieter moments and just giving them something that keeps them happy and comfortable and it's more meaningful to them. So how do we all feel after we do these sessions? Well, I'm an emotional one if anyone knows me. So no. I'm the one usually who I cry with the client. I do. I cry, but it's almost that feeling of relief too that we did this. We captured those moments. We have those memories. We got it done before it was too late. And that feeling of relief that they're going to have something to cherish forever. And that's that, that good feeling deep down in my heart. Yeah. I'll, I'll echo that. The, the feeling of relief that, oh, we, we got the session done and, you know, the, the pet, you know, did good during it, you know, how, however, you could tell that they had a bond and everything during the session. That's, that's the most important that anywhere able to capture it. Is it important to you to be a support system for your client um, in these days where they might be feeling a little lost, a little confused, a lot of hurt? <laughs> 10,000%. It's why I did the grief training. Um, not only in this area is there not a lot of pet photographers, which just that alone means they don't always know how to handle working with animals, let alone that bond between a pet Gary and their senior pet or their pet they're about to lose. But 
it it's a place for them to be able to share with me and to let it out there to someone who's not going to judge them and who's not going to rush them through the session and who's not going to feel uncomfortable because the dog is moving slowly or they can't pose up on this bench or something that they want. But to give them a, a place that says, you're welcome here. I get it. We do what you need to do. There is no judgment. It's absolutely okay that you love your dog that much. You know, um, it's it's certainly easy for us to say it. Um it, it can be difficult for um, some people to hear it because they're surround, they may be surrounded by family and friends who don't get it and, and are holding them back from, from the grieving process. And so for me, I want to be able to let them know that exactly what they're feeling is normal and you love your dog or your cat or your horse or your goat or whatever that much that you should be grieving. You should be anticipating the hurt that's going to come with not having them around. And it's okay that the event result is that you have beautiful photos of them. I mean, so many people are judged for having the shrine to their dead animal. And I don't see it like that at all. I think it's a beautiful tribute. We honor people through photos our parents, our children, our loved ones, there's nothing different about doing the same for our animals. And I think normalizing that and showing them that we don't need to keep these images tucked away on a USB or in tiny little prints that we can put them in beautiful albums and have them on the coffee table and put them out in the walls where we can see them every day and just feel such a, a peace in looking at that smile and that moment that we had. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think the more people understand that, the better it is for the client's peace of mind and our businesses as well, because it's not a popular thing to be photographing animals who are sick and, and not feeling well. Um, I just learned a little bit about uh, Dia de los Muertos and Aztec culture. And um, gosh, I hope I don't get this wrong because what an arse I would be. Um, but you die three times. The first time is when you take your last breath. The second time is when they bury you. And the third time is the worst time because it's the last time someone says your name. I don't ever want to stop saying chef's name. You knew it would happen. You knew I would. <laughs> I don't, I want to keep telling his stories because they're such a huge part of me and who I am and who I became in the 10 years that we were together. And that's what those photos mean to me too. I don't want anyone to not have the, those, those memories and those photos. I think another on the no judgment, it's also super important because sometimes these dogs are clearly ready to go. Mm -hmm. And it's such a sensitive area that you can't, you have to just respect that person's position that they can't see that at that moment, but they might see it with the photos. But so somebody who is not experienced in that may say the wrong thing. And it's, it's a very sensitive area. And for these, you often get one chance. If that pet is not doing well, we don't get to reshoot. We don't get to reschedule. I mean, you have to make it work. You need to understand animal body language, what they should look like when you're photographing them running or sitting or connecting with their people. And just picking anyone to do that, they may not get it. They literally may misfocus. We know how to technically photograph, but also pulling that emotional aspect as animal lovers. Mm -hmm. Which leads me into why should a client seek a professional photographer and especially a pet specific photographer for these moments? Exactly what Jess was just saying. We know all about body language. We know how to read dogs. We know how to keep them safe in situations. We choose locations that have less distractions. We want 
them to be their best selves. So that's what being a professional pet photographer is all about. And we take the time to learn these things and we're able to help guide our clients through the whole process with it. And understanding positioning of the pet too, right? Like we may we may know how to artfully move ourselves around to um, not show the IV patch. And even through editing, you know, clients may come to you and they may not want to see missing fur or a bump or a lump here or there. And you need to know how to correct that. Whereas there's times when clients say, leave him exactly as I know him this day. I don't want any changes made. And I never want to change the way a dog is or any animal is represented. I want that client to tell me what their comfort level is with that and then be able to edit that appropriately because I always want them to see them as that animal's best self. Yeah, I think in addition to everything that was just discussed, though, I mean, we've all gone through the grief training, and I think that that's really important, you know, especially with these end-of-life sessions, because we really understand, you know, what they're going through and how to help them go through that process. What did you learn in grief training that, that sets you apart then? I think a big thing for me um, was actually learning about anticipatory grief because as we're going into these sessions, you know, and especially if the dog is older, but, you know, maybe not quite to the end of their life yet, you know, pet parents start to feel those anticipatory grief. You know, they start to worry, okay, my dog is getting older, you know, he's maybe not going to be around for much longer. Um, I mean, I know I feel it. My dog is only six years old. And every now and then I get that like pang of, oh my gosh, you know, this dog's not going to be with me forever, you know, and it's, it's terrifying. And, you know, if you don't know somebody who understands that, you know, and, and a lot of people judge, you know, they're like, it, it's a dog, you know, yeah, he's going to die. You know, it's like, I, I understand that, but it's nice to have somebody who also gets it and can help you through that. I never believe it's just a dog. And for my clients, that connection, again, it goes back to not judging that relationship. I love what I do and I want them to love it too. And you don't enter into any type of work like this for the money or the fame. You have to love what you're doing and to be able to capture something so special for them and just let them know that we all grieve differently and that's okay. Um, but there's there's nothing glamorous about this. So a pet photographer who has an understanding of grief and who is trained in how to handle these uncomfortable, difficult, often fast-paced, chaotic situations is very important. Um, I'm often called with a couple of days notice and I have to be able to fit them in my schedule and choose a location that's great and understand at what point in this dog's health and their life we're at so that I can approach that session appropriately and make sure that everybody, the pet, the people, me, is safe and comfortable. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a single one of us that um, doesn't drop everything to make sure these sessions get on our calendars, right? Mm -hmm. Right. True. Darlene, is there anything you can add about the grief training, especially since you were in the middle of it all? Yeah, it, it could... If you can't say can't. no, I am. <laughs> it's one of those things. It was horrible timing, but it was perfect timing because I'm going through the entire process after going through the training. And I think it's been amazingly helpful for me and maybe to add a little bit of humor to it. But the what not to say when you're grieving is really hitting home because not knocking anybody who said the wrong things to me. <laughs> But it all makes sense now when I'm dealing with other people going through that process of what not to say. The number of times I hear, oh, you're going to get another dog. You'll get another dog soon. And things like that, that it's, you know, and we talk about in, grief, in the whole grief training that, yeah, we have to be respectful of people's feelings, normalize that pets are our family. They really are our family. We have to watch what we say. And that has been a big part because I'm constantly picking up on what people say to me and how I make sure not to say it to others to 
cause any hurt and pain more than what they're feeling already. Yeah. Yeah. You would never say you can go get another grandmother. I mean, just let us embrace what we're feeling. I know people are well-intentioned, but you would never say that. And just because it's a dog or a cat or a horse does not change that. It still sucks. It still hurts. I, I will yeah. tell you that, that parents have been told that they can just have another child. Yeah. And and I can't give oh my gosh. any kind of person who would say something like that. Like, please don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, or we we've talked about it. it's like I hate that meme that says, "Oh, honor your your dog that's passed away by adopting another." I like hate that meme oh with a passion God. because it's so insensitive. And um, I have not gone through the grief training process yet. I I will be starting, but one of the reasons I want to do it is because. Wow. Sorry, my dogs just got home. <laughs> so you might oh, hear them on, in the background. On, barking dogs in our background is always exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> just not Nicole's chaos. <laughs> so I, I, it's like I, I want to feel feel like I can talk with my clients, and and I just had this conversation with one of my sisters. As like basically, as humans, we are not really taught how to deal with grief and how to deal with other people's grief. Right. And I, and I think that's a, a skill we're sorely lacking. So we get all the quote, you know, inappropriate comments and stuff. And I think sometimes it's just because we're ignorant or it's like, it, it just makes us feel uncomfortable and, um, and and so you know, I, I and I know it's like sometimes it's like uh, you know, um, and there was there, and so yeah, so it's something I want to be able to communicate better with my clients, um, and and not be one of these you know try to at least you know keep the inappropriate comments to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Me, so I probably will say something inappropriate at some point, but I, I just, I just want to be more sensitive to my clients and, um, you know, and it's like some, some clients need their handheld through the process more than others. You know, I, I have a couple of clients who really have, you know, been wanting to hold my hand and I'm like, I don't, you know, know how I can help you so much but um you know they they feel that connection with you because you were there to capture something so important to them and um yeah so I I just I just want to get better at that and to better serve my clients mm -hmm. Lynn hit on a great point um we live in a grief illiterate society mm -hmm. um you know it took me a very long time to start learning about it. Um, when I was a kid and I had an uncle and a grandfather die, we didn't attend any of the services. We were shunted off to a babysitter. Um, you know, we got to go hang out at the river and have A&W. So yay. Um, <laughs> you know, we didn't know what was going on. And it was only years later that, that, you know, well, no, your grampy's not around anymore. Well, where did he go? I don't know. Um, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, when we apply it to pets, um, a lot of people may not even know what they're feeling with, or like understand what anticipatory grief, even though they're in the throes of it in that moment. So if we can learn more about these processes that people go through and understand the emotions and the feelings, we can help create a more grief literate society and help create a society where um, people understand, yeah, I do love my dog that much and that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm unabashed about it and I know you guys are too. Um, and I just, I wanna spread that feeling around the world and and allow people the space to just exist as they are as as pet lovers as animal lovers as dog lovers 
And I want to add one more thing because Angela, you have helped me so much with this. It's the storytelling. And I'm going to cry. I make you tell stories about Yeah. So Angela would make me tell a story and say, Darlene, tell me a story about what something Coda did that made you smile. And it got me thinking to those memories and kind of really digging deep to talk about it, which has been so helpful with my clients in just, you know, hey, what is your favorite afternoon thing to do with your dog? Just having them tell those stories to trigger those memories and talk about it. And thank you, Angela, because you've done a great job with me with that. And it's been so helpful for me to relate with others. <laughs> oh, uncomfortable, awkward. Slightly <laughs> off top topic. I can throw in something what of what not to say. Yeah. Uh, so my first day back to work after my sister passed away, my boss came and said, you know, George's cousin's brother is in the hospital too. So yeah, it's not just you. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. Wow. He is he's a very awkward, different person. <laughs> but that was my first experience of like learning how awkward um people are with loss and not knowing what to say. Mm-hmm. fortunately for me I don't know any non-dog people so um everybody like if they're non-dog people I probably unfriended them on Facebook and <laughs> I don't talk to them so fortunately um when it comes to dog stuff a loss um everybody I know gets it you know does understanding more about grief make your own recovery mentally and emotionally easy for you after these sessions? I, you know, I know I've come home from an end of life photography session in tears. Um, and, uh, you know, my immediate response is to just uh, fall onto Bella and feel Bella's life. Um, but after having gone through all of this training myself and, and being able to pass my knowledge on to you is somehow making it easier for me to recover and say, you know, um, I did an important thing. It's interesting because my very last end of life session, I bawled the whole way home. It was really hard. Um, and oddly enough, it's been a while, um, like two months. And I haven't had an end of life session since then. And I've been doing all young dogs. So I feel like the universe is giving me a little bit of a break from that um, because all of a sudden I have all these young, young little dogs and I'm like, okay, this is awesome. So it's a nice like reprieve from that. Cause it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had a period where it was just a couple of weeks where it just back to back to back end of life sessions. And it just, it really got to me. So I have not learned how to, I I haven't learned how to deal with it better, I guess. Well, I do have good news for you. We will be having a self-care and a grief recovery expert doing a webinar with us in the new year. Um, She's highly trained in uh, compassion fatigue. Oh. Yeah. That is awesome. mm Mm-hmm. That's insider information. <laughs> I love that. That is a great topic. In case any other pet photographers are listening. <laughs> <laughs> I always cry later on. I, you know, it's like, cause I, I think I tend to compartmentalize things. And so it's like, I know I'm there for 
a purpose and and you know and it's like I want to be able to get those shots and everything so I don't get so emotional it's after the fact or 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 the ones that really get to me are the the sessions I'm not able to photograph and get to when I hear that dog has passed away before we were able to get the session those are the ones that kill me the most I think sometimes because it's like because I couldn't provide that service for them mm-hmm. or it's and it's also it's like when I hear um my my clients will usually message me or I'll see it you know online that the dog has passed away then I'll be like usually like a couple days like just a wreck you know it's like and <laughs> sorry it's like one of my one of my street dogs just passed away last week and and you know it's like when you hear the stories and you know like this dog Hank he had been a street dog all his life and then got rescued and and so knowing like his last year and a half he was like he he lived this pampered lifestyle and he had a foster brother who was basically his emotional support dog and so it's it's after the fact that gets me the most I think sometimes because I know in in that time and place I'm there for a reason and I I once in a while I'll get emotional but I don't typically get that emotional during a session but it's the afterward and then when I do get word that they've passed away those are the hardest times for me I am on the other side of of grief in that thankfully I have Hunter he's 13 and he's doing amazing but understanding more about anticipatory grief made sense to me because you know you get little pings of something and you don't always know what it is and then having gone through this training and especially the anticipatory grief section, it's like, oh, okay, that's what that is. That's normal. Let's move through this. Let's figure out how we're going to get through these days and times and, and still keep enjoying things because like Lynn said, the worst feeling is not having these photos, missing that opportunity to capture someone's dog often because they've waited too long. So if anyone is considering this, do not wait whether you book a professional pet photographer or you take the photos yourself, just get them done because it's such a, it brings such comfort knowing that you have these photos, even though my dog is fine. I take a jillion photos of him and it just, I know one day I'm going to look back and be so, so happy that I have them. Yeah. And you guys all know that I had sessions done with Bella over the summer and um, to have those memories of her and I together on the beach when we're both in the prime of our, our lives, you know, in the prime of our life together, um, man, I am going to treasure those photo albums forever. And, um, you know, I, I have those images of us together in the way that I didn't have with Shep. And, and so you're right in that people need to do this when their dog is healthy and happy mm-hmm. and mobile and active yes because you know we often think about um about a puppy i should get pictures done i should you know gotcha day and and things like that um and then there's oh no i'm losing him i need to get pictures done of him but what about that in between you know, what about that in between? It's, it, you know, it's that poem that I shared with you guys several weeks ago, the dash. The dash is everything. The dash is that space on your tombstone between the year you were born and the year you, the, the year you die. And, and, but the dash is every day that you live. So, you know, the dash is your dog's life too. And to have memories of, of that and the stories and, and and all of that is is really what it's all about and and I mean I haven't put my camera down since since Bella came into my life like everywhere we go and everything we do it's either a cell phone shot or a video or you know my big girl camera is in my hand and it drives my husband crazy because he's like don't can't you ever stop taking pictures of her no and I won't (laughs) 
No. It reminds me of that quote, you know, somewhere between hello and goodbye, there was so much love. And that's what we have to be capturing. Don't just do the puppies. Don't just do those final days. Capture every single day that you have together because there's adventure and there's humor and there's loyalty and there's love. And that deserves to be remembered forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Do you stay in touch with your memorial session clients? No. I do. Yeah. Um, they will often tell me to when that pet has passed and that's hard. You know, you, you develop this connection with them and you, in that hour. So you love that little animal, like your own. And it, it's not good when I hear that, but it does give me a chance to keep that relationship going. I send them just a little memorial gift. Um, if I can tailor it to something that I know they love to do together, I will, like I had a woman who she gardens and her backyard is this big, beautiful garden. And it's where they spent all their time together with their four dogs and their one dog had passed. So I sent her, um, I always mix it up. It's the one that blooms every year, perennials. Yes. I sent her perennials. Okay, not the ones that die every year. Perennials. So that every year after she plants them, she'll have this memory of being back there with her dogs. And mm. it's hopefully something that'll bring her just a little bit of bright days ahead. Love that. I so recently, quick little story. Recently I did a photo session for a dog that was diagnosed with cancer. And that was one of my first of that types of sessions since Coda had passed away. So it was a little bit of a challenge for me, but I obviously felt that's where I needed to be and to do that session. And actually this morning, the client reached out to me and sent me a really nice email and said that her dog is cancer free. The tumor was removed. And she said, I know she said, thank you so much for caring. I wanted to share this with you. And that's what it's all about because I want to go with people on the journey, be able to be for them if they need some, be there for them in case they need somebody to talk to and be able to share with. Yeah, I would say that the majority of my clients, they will let me know um, that their pet has passed away and just how thankful they were that they were able to um, get those moments, capture those moments. Um, and then, you know, I I typically just send, send them a, um, you know, a, a card letting them know, you know, thinking of them and, and stuff. Um, yeah. What I, what I really want people to understand is that it's such an emotional journey for us as your pet photographer in that not only um, do we become a little teeny tiny piece of your story with your dog or your pet, um, but your pet also becomes a part of our story. Every single dog that I have photographed, every single goat, horse, cat, pig that I have photographed in the last five years is part of my story and who I've become and who I'm going to become in the next however many years. So, um, Uh, just like barking dogs in the background, tears are always welcome and expected. <laughs> um, any last words from anybody? Nancy, you've been quiet. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it's, it's so important to have those memories captured of, of, of time just just of you enjoying your pet, taking time with each other and uh, looking at each other, petting, petting your pet. And, and it's just, the session is designed just to be just a joyful, loving, loving with your pet. And I think that's so, so special. Darlene, take us out. Oh, (laughs) do you want me to cry some more? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) No, Um, just to everyone, 
and how everything is so raw with me having lost my coda in August. It is all raw. It's all real. It's emotion, emotional. And I myself, I am even going through grief coaching right now to help me through the entire process, which is one of the best things I can do for myself. But it is so, so meaningful to get the photos done. And I can't tell anyone enough of it. So there is no reason to wait. Do it right now. Because even if you have thousands of photos on your cell phone, which we all do, you still will not have enough. I have photos all over the house, everywhere. And I still am thinking, I didn't get enough. I didn't get here. We didn't go, we didn't go to New York that last time on that vacation. And I didn't get those photos of Coda. Like there's not enough. So just my advice, get it done. Capture that joy while your pet is still alive and energetic and joyful because um, you don't want to have any regrets. And let's just point out that uh, Darlene is going through grief coaching with Beth Bigler of honoringouranimals.com, a really good friend to One Last Network and who will be appearing on the podcast very soon. Uh, Thank you all so much for coming this morning. Um, I think it was such a great discussion and um, I hope people uh, get a little insight into our process with our um, end of life sessions and... um, how we just want to share your story. Thank you all so much for coming. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. I speak on behalf of all professional pet photographers. When I say we are honored and humbled by the opportunity to create beautiful portraits of you and your pet as you take your last walks together. It's why every member of our group at One Last Network wants to improve the service we provide to you and become a part of your support network. Sometimes just having someone to listen to you, someone who gets it, someone who will never say it was just a dog, is all you need to help you get to the next step. Next week, we find out more about Jess Wasik and Bark and Gold Photography, celebrating the joy and love between pets and their people through heirloom art in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm Angela Schneider, owner of Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington, and your host at One Last Network, signing off to go get some Bella Snuggles. Listen to One Last Network on whichever podcast platform you prefer. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have a friend who might be interested in our content, make sure you share us with them. Thanks for listening.